I'm Megan Cornier, and this is the Women Who Know podcast. You're listening to Episode 6, Happy Thoughts in Any Circumstance. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cornier, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about uplifting women and mothers by sharing messages of faith, love, hope, and some random things in between. Women who know who they are and what their purpose is as daughters of Heavenly Parents are women who change the world for the better. Join me for a few minutes of peace in the chaos of life as we learn together how to become women who know. Hello, my friends. I hope you all had an awesome weekend. Mine was filled with General Conference, and it was so good. I love listening to General Conference. There always seems to be main themes throughout conference, and I love trying to find them. They're probably all different for each person, too. That's the amazing thing about the Holy Ghost. For me, the themes I notice were to have charity, especially loving God and loving our neighbor, the importance of temple attendance, and the importance of getting to know Jesus Christ and taking charge of our testimony of Him and being in the world but not of the world. So what about you guys? What themes did you notice from conference? Let me know. Either email me or find me on Instagram and let's talk about it. Okay, today I want to talk about something that is so important to me. And I also want to apologize again for my voice. I'm still congested, but mostly better. (laughs) Anyways, um, there's a lot to today's episode. I think it will be okay in just one episode because I'm still really not good at knowing how much I write takes how much time on a podcast, but um, that's okay. I think this will probably be one of the most important topics that I talk about on this podcast, so it deserves whatever time it takes. So I just want to start with a little backstory as to why this episode is so important to me and why this concept is so important to me. So when I was a kid, I had really big emotions, and I was really never quite sure what to do with them. Maybe you guys can relate. Probably a lot of people feel the same way. And obviously this applies to young children, but I'm talking about even when I was an older child in my teenage years. Oftentimes my anger and mostly sadness would feel so overwhelming, and I felt a total lack of control over my emotions, and as many kids do... I learned unhealthy coping mechanisms and ways to suppress and hide those emotions and appear fine outwardly. So skip forward to when I'm a teenager and I attended seminary at my high school. I remember a lot of the lessons throughout those years were about how we can be happy and grateful even during really difficult trials and times of life. I desperately wanted to know how to do this because I felt like my circumstances completely controlled my emotions. I felt like the swaying in the wind, like I was just thrown this way and that way. And it was so hard for me to think about anything else when I had something hard going on or I was feeling something sad and heavy and I couldn't pull myself out of those negative thoughts and emotions. So I loved those lessons, but I felt like the only way we we were told how to be happy and grateful during difficult times was through faith in Jesus Christ. And so now don't get me wrong here, having faith in Jesus Christ 1000% strengthens us through our trials and gives us hope. Faith brings so much joy. 
but it was difficult for me, especially as a teenager, to grasp the concept of faith being the key to happiness despite my circumstances. I couldn't, like, apply the concept to my life and put it into effect. And so when I wasn't able to be happy despite my circumstances, I would blame myself for not having enough faith because if I had had enough faith, I would have been happy no matter what. So I tried to find another answer as to how to be happy in any circumstance, not outside of the gospel, but um, just anything else that could help me be able to apply this in my life. And a lot of the lessons I mentioned before um, also talked about how our happiness is tied to our agency. And I thought, there's my answer. I just have to choose to be happy in any circumstances. But then, again, when I couldn't, I would once again beat myself up and figured I just wasn't positive enough or strong enough or faithful enough and that it was just innate in me that I was always going to feel this way. So each of these discoveries that I could be happy in any circumstance through faith and that happiness is a choice were not wrong, but they aren't really the full picture. So yes, we can choose happiness, but the real question is, how do we choose to be happy no matter our circumstances? How do we choose an attitude of gratitude even when circumstances are terrible? So about three years ago, after over a decade of searching for an answer to these questions, I came across a podcast called Better Than Happy by a woman named Jody Moore. I started listening to her podcast, and she had an answer that seemed so simple, but that I felt was finally the answer I was looking for. It all starts with our thoughts. Jody Moore is a life coach, and she teaches something called the model that I'm not certified to teach because I'm not a certified life coach, but I will tell you what I know about it. The acronym for the model is CTFAR. And the letters stand for circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and result. So the C is for circumstance, and Jody says that a true circumstance is something that can be proven in a court of law. Like, you can't just say, my neighbor is rude, and call that a circumstance. That's just a thought. Instead, it has to be a fact, like, my neighbor put his trash in my garbage can without asking me. That's a circumstance because it's just the facts. We haven't added opinions or drama to it. Then comes T, your thought about the circumstance. So if your neighbor put his trash in your garbage can without asking, you might think, my neighbor is so disrespectful of me and my property. But that's actually just your thought about the circumstance. And that thought evokes feeling, which is the F, which will most likely lead to something negative, which will most likely be something negative like resentment or anger. And that feeling leads to the A, action, which leads to a result. Okay, so after that basic round down of the model, it's important to note that you cannot always control or change circumstances, but you can control and change your thoughts. That is where agency comes in. And that was my answer. My thoughts create my feelings and I create my thoughts. I choose what thoughts get to stay and which go. And that is how I can create my feelings. 
As I realized how powerful our thoughts can be, everything sort of fell into place. I remembered scriptures all about having a firm mind. So let's look at those. Um, God has told us in the scriptures how powerful our minds and thoughts are. So in Jacob chapter 3, verse 2, in the Book of Mormon, Jacob says, O all, o all ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God and feast upon his love, for ye may, if your minds are firm, forever. In Alma 57, also in the Book of Mormon, verse 27, is a description of the stripling warriors. It says they are young and their minds are firm and they do put their trust in God continually. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And for all my time reading the scriptures, these verses about having a firm mind or a sound mind, they always stood out to me, but um, as I read them, I always thought of having a firm mind or sound mind as just not losing your faith or being able to stick to a decision you've made. But I feel like there is more meaning to it. I think having a firm mind also means we are able to manage our thoughts and that we are in control of which thoughts take hold and which thoughts we let go of. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland talks about thoughts in this way. Like thieves in the night, unwelcome thoughts can and do seek entrance to our minds, but we don't have to throw open the door, serve them tea and crumpets, and then tell them where the silverware is kept. Throw the rascals out. Replace lewd thoughts with hopeful images and joyful memories. Picture the faces of those you, who love you. Whatever thoughts you have, make sure they are welcome in your heart by invitation only. So is there a thought about a family member or a circumstance in your life or about yourself that just pulls you down? I think we should challenge it. When I was in therapy several years ago, my therapist told me to think of my mind as a conveyor belt. Thoughts will come onto the conveyor belt, and as long as we don't pick them up and ruminate on them or expound on them, they'll just leave. They will just fall off the conveyor belt. We don't have to invite them in. This is how we can always feast upon God's love because our minds are firm and when we have thoughts that try to separate us from his love, which we all will, then we can let those thoughts have no weight in our minds and choose a better thought. Choose to believe that God loves you and let your mind feast upon those thoughts of his love for you and you will be filled with his love. Elder Uchtdorf said, Everyone's situation is different, and the details of each life are unique. Nevertheless, I have learned that there is something that would take away the bitterness that may come into our lives. There is one thing we can do to make life sweeter, more joyful, even glorious. We can be grateful. It might sound contrary to the wisdom of the world to suggest that one who is burdened with sorrow should give thanks to God, but those who set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude can find a purifying drink of healing, peace, and understanding. Quote. How do we set aside the bottle of bitterness? We let go of the bitter thoughts. How do we lift the goblet of gratitude? It all starts in our thoughts. 
Think thoughts of gratitude. Start small if you have to. We probably all do. But choose those thoughts. You are in control of your mind. You get to choose which thoughts stay and which thoughts go. When Joseph Smith was in dire circumstances, to say the least, in Liberty Jail, he wrote these words in a letter, which are in the Doctrine and Covenants. Dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. How could Joseph Smith write that while he was in such bitter circumstances? I think it's because God helped him to clear his mind and find the thoughts that would get him through that difficult time, as well as to inspire those who would read these words back then and now. In Doctrine and Covenants section 8 verse 2, the Lord says that the Holy Ghost tells us things in our minds and in our hearts. In the Gospel Doctrine Teacher's Manual for the Doctrine and Covenants, it says, Revelation comes as the Holy Ghost communicates thoughts to our minds and feelings in our hearts. So much of the revelation we receive starts with a thought, even just the smallest thought. If we can hold on to it and nurture it and let it grow, it can strengthen our minds and hearts. We truly can cheerfully do all things that lie in our power by choosing thoughts that are joyful and cheerful. It may be a simple answer, but it is definitely not easy to do. I am constantly working on it and fall short so often, and I'm trying to be more aware of the thoughts that I am choosing to hold on to. But the past few years, as I have been developing awareness and learning to choose my thoughts and manage my mind more carefully, I have experienced much greater joy and much better mental health. I have been able to be cheerful and happy even when things around me seemed to be falling apart. Not always, but there have been a few times and it it truly showed me the power of my thoughts. So also, I want to add a disclaimer that I am not saying that we should be happy in every circumstance because I think that all the human emotions are important for us to feel. I am firmly against toxic positivity and just saying, just get over it and be happy and whatever. I think we need to be good at feeling sadness and anger and grief rather than always resisting them because that leads to a whole slew of problems. I just want to emphasize that we can choose thoughts of happiness and gratitude in any circumstance. So, I love to remember the story of Lehi's family, how they all went through the same circumstances, but they all came out with different outlooks. It just goes to show that our thoughts determine how we feel, and Nephi and Sam chose to believe thoughts of faith, hope, gratitude, and love, and nurtured those thoughts while Laman and Lemuel chose thoughts of anger and jealousy and hatred. Elder Uchtdorf said, Being grateful in our circumstances is an act of faith in God. How blessed we are if we recognize God's handiwork in the marvelous tapestry of life. Gratitude to our Father in heaven broadens our perception and clears our vision. It inspires humility and fosters empathy toward our fellow men and all of God's creation. Gratitude is a catalyst to all Christ-like attributes. A thankful heart is the parent of all virtues. Choosing thoughts 
that lead to gratitude is an act of faith. Choosing to nurture thoughts of faith, hope, love, and gratitude all lead us to becoming more like the Savior and to being able to be grateful and cheerful in any circumstance. I truly believe that this is how the Savior got through all the things he did while on the earth, by choosing and creating thoughts in his mind that invited the Holy Ghost so that he could be strengthened and he could endure all things without ever losing faith, hope, or charity. And I know that through lots of practice and trial and error, we can do the same. We'll never be perfect at it, but we can get better. And we do not have to let our circumstances define how we are feeling. Our circumstances do not control us in any way, even though it can feel like it at some times. But they don't. Only we can control ourselves. We can learn to manage our minds so that they are firm and steadfast and immovable. We can choose to let go of thoughts that lead us into negativity or darkness and away from God. We can choose to nurture thoughts of love and kindness and faith. I love the tale of the two wolves, and I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but the very short summary of it is that there are two wolves inside each of us, and one is darkness and despair, the other is light and hope. They are constantly fighting one another, and in the story, a grandson asks his grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather answers and says, whichever one you feed. And that is exactly how our minds work. Whichever thoughts you feed are the ones that will stay and make a home, quite literally in your neural pathways, actually, and they will eventually become your brain's default thoughts, thoughts of fear and anxiety. If those are what you choose to feed, then that is the path that your brain will take automatically as you keep choosing to feed those thoughts. But the same is true of joy and faith. If you keep choosing joy and faith in your thoughts, your mind will create those neural pathways and it will become your default. We must choose wisely which thoughts we feed. I know I have so much work still to do in managing my mind and my default mindset is still pretty on the negative side, but even as I make the smallest changes, I feel my mind and mental health become more stable and more strong, and my faith is strengthened. And so um, I just really would encourage you to develop awareness of what your thoughts are telling you and choose which ones you want to feed. Okay, I hope all of that made sense to you guys and that you will give it a try, even just that first step of awareness. (laughs) It has made such a huge difference in my life, and if you have any feedback or questions or just want to talk about it, please shoot me an email at womenwhoknowpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at women.whoknow because I love talking about these kinds of things. So I hope you all have a fabulous day, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what you heard today and want to hear more, please follow the show. And if you'd like even more uplifting content, please follow me on Instagram at women.whoknow. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have the best day ever.